The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Another special roundtable episode of the Brandon Peters Show. Early on in the show, I dropped that I was going to try doing these once a month. And now here we are six months later with the second one. But nonetheless, I'm happy to bring you another with today's topic being the top 10 soundtrack songs of the 90s. And let me welcome my panel in for this operation. And returning to the show, a writer, director, and writer for sci-fi wire and coming soon.net and also and this excites me greatly host of the halloween never dies podcast too much television's got her chasing dreams sabina graves hey everyone i'm excited to be joining thank you we're excited to have you for real big time uh and from don't flinch the voice of the popcon youtube channel videos she's already made her debut on this show via a promo video but it's her time to you know be on the actual show and it's time <laughs> to take her home her dizzy head is conscious laden michelle Suter shoemaker hey everybody all right and finally introducing to you formerly from the screenland squadron a longtime podcasting colleague of mine with the most seductive voice in the business the man who will devastate the show while the turtles are slaying mr david banks go david go david go david go show you right <laughs> No, All how right. you doing? All right. Not bad, not bad. Thank you, everyone, for buying into this madness gracefully so the listeners understand. I gave you each a kind of set of stipulations in song selection so we all are kind of on a same page in terms of selection. I was kind of wanting songs that were used in the film's promotion, soundtrack sales, etc., not just a popular song tossed on the soundtrack. Older songs that had a resurgence from a movie like Jefferson Airplane's Somebody to Love from The Cable Guy counts as well, something like that. When picking these, I myself did a kind of give or take on their like cultural impact, importance in the film, were the songs bigger than the films themselves, was it just a damn good song, and also my personal relation and enjoyment of it. So, Sabina, what sort of process did you have when making your selections? I was a product of the 90s, so I definitely went for a lot of stuff that I just was in my childhood. Mm -hmm. So I pulled a lot from that specifically, and definitely some favorites, and then also some that are just like in in the universe of the movies. Gotcha. David? Pretty much like Sabrina there. I was born in the 80s, became a teenager in the 90s. I glorified that decade way too much. So I I was kind of going off the top of my head on songs. So I was just rambling them off and uh, came up with my top 10 that way. All right. And Michelle? For me, I probably it's kind of similar. 80s baby, love the 90s music, period. I had like every soundtrack from every movie. I finally decided to break it down like most iconic, what I felt like scream 90s, basically. Which also included the movie Scream in the 90s, which had the soundtrack (laughs) itself. Now, there's going to be crossover happening with these, and I'm welcoming that. And at the end of our list sharing, the person who had the most songs listed by others will go on to guest on Friday's music video episode with me. And uh, without further ado, we'll go on this one by one, go over a song on our list. If you have a crossover, don't mention it till it hits when you want it to on yours to get to picking that song and tell a song why you chose it. And if you, if others want to chime in with their say something about it, that particular song, feel free while we're on that topic. So Michelle, you texted me a lot through this process. So I'm going to yes. have you go first. You were, okay. you had a lot of questions. You had a lot of, does this count? <laughs> what about him? What about this one? So you may go first. All right. So I was extremely OCD when I put this together. I went with 
Whitney Houston, I will always love you as my absolute number one all time nineties jam. Did you like it better than the Dolly Parton one? Uh, yeah. What do you think of the Bodyguard? I love the movie. Probably not. I don't know. It's a little slow moving now when I watch it back now, but I loved it then. David, what's your first? Well, starting with number one, I'm uh echo the uh, sentiments of Michelle there, and I'm going to go with Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. I believe that song pretty much broke every record in existence at that time. You know, I um, stayed 14 weeks at number one on Billboard. So it was produced by David Foster, you know, the great David Foster, of course, written by Dolly Parton. And it was part of the best-selling soundtrack of the decade. The movie, I, I, I honestly love the movie. And I still do to this day. I still watch it to this day. I thought Kevin Costner was a boss in that <laughs> film. You know, he was straight badass. Um, he kind of reminded me of like a, he had a, like a Jack Bauer vibe to him in that movie. And uh, of course that was Whitney Houston's first film role. Mm -hmm. That song will go down in history as one of the most beloved songs ever. And it's many times been duplicated, but it will never be the same as Whitney had sung it during that time. So that's my number one. All right. Sabina? Uh, it's a trifecta. It's I oh. Always Love You by Whitney Houston, for sure. <laughs> Hands down. I remember being a little kid in my grandma's living room, I think, probably watching MTV or something, just singing along. To add on to just how legendary the making of that song was, was that like apparently up until like shooting of the film, the song was actually incomplete. Hmm. Dave Foster had pulled it because at that point they had made music for the film and that, you know, between Costner and Whitney, they kind of, you know, settled on I Will Always Love You to be like the big moment. But Foster actually had listened to a version of the song that wasn't Dolly's. And I think it was, a, it, it might've been the Linda Ronstadt like cover. Cause like you, mm -hmm. like David said, there's a lot of like versions of this song, but it actually didn't have the speaking part. Oh, so they were on set and he runs to Whitney and is like, we have to like add this like whole section <laughs> of the song back into the song. And they did like basically on the fly. And it was a section that Dolly really was excited to hear Whitney's cover, including because I was the speaking part was something that she was very attached to because of her relationship with, and I am blanking on his name right now, but the, the show that she was on, Porter Wagner, sorry. Okay. Yes. So the Porter Wagner <laughs> oh, show, because yes. the whole story was that she wrote the song for Porter Wagner and it was her farewell to him for being on the show. And that specific speaking part was something she really wanted to see Whitney do. A funny thing about that song also was at the very beginning, you know, Whitney sings acapella. And that that wasn't in there initially until Kevin Costner came and said that she needs to sing it acapella. And him and David Foster kind of got into a little spat <laughs> until David Foster just threw up his hands. OK, fine. Do it acapella. We'll see how it sounds. And he admitted Kevin Costner was right. This opening should be acapella. And that's what you have on the record. So thanks to Kevin Costner. Wow. I'm glad you guys had that big one other because it did not. This is one of the biggies that didn't make my list. And I'm like, you guys talked about it. But I do remember with that one, I used to watch like when we were going on vacations as a family, uh, back when you took those, they would have the pay-per-view channel with the movies that were really, really expensive. And it would just be like trailers, but it was like a 10 minute reel or something. And that bodyguard trailer, like I had it memorized because it was like on their channel and did it, but not, not on my list. <laughs> nowhere on your list no i got wow. a weird i got a kind of a hey, weird list okay, um, okay, but it's okay. me <laughs> i was an alternative kid like i noticed my my list was a little dude heavy but oh so i'm gonna go with an in-universe movie song for my first one and it didn't appear till volume two of the soundtrack for this movie but i adored it when i first saw the movie and I've been to weddings where this is played, but it's Adam Sandler's Grow Old With You from The Wedding Singer. I wanted to have, <laughs> I wanted to have a song that took place and was in the movie as one of my picks, like something with that. And no, I did not pick that thing you do. I went with this one, a little more genuine, but I 
it's a little adorable song. The track even includes uh, Billy Idol in the um, proceedings. But uh, yeah, so that was that was my first pick, and I always remember the wedding singer as uh, surprising me because a friend and I were just hanging out one afternoon, and we wanted to go see a movie, and we we're just like, oh, I, I guess, and we both loved it. We both, <laughs> and it was doing crazy '80s stuff before like everything was now '80s stuff. Netflix would have swooned. Yeah, so that's my that's my first pick. And we'll go back around to Michelle. Pick number two for me would be Brian Adams' Everything I Do, I Do For You. Ooh. If you I guys have that. the same 10 and 10, I'm going to be... <laughs> ah, more Costner. Yes, more Costner. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> more Costner. More Costner. From a movie that I honestly fell asleep three times watching. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. I remember we watched that in grade school. We watched it twice in high school, and every time I fell right to sleep. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but I do remember that song. Yeah, surprisingly, oh, I, I remember that song. Oh yeah, I remember when I was a kid, like hearing it on the radio all the time. I my grandma took me to see Robin Hood, and and then I finally was somewhere and I saw the music video. I'm like, oh, that goes with that. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I can't remember if it played in the credits or not. But it is. Like, it is? It, okay. It's played at the end of the movie, yeah. All right. Well, then I didn't pick up on it. Um, <laughs> I, I was asleep. I, I, I don't remember at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Brian Adams. All right. David, what's your next pick? Well, I'm going to travel back to the year 1992, and I'm going with the song that held the number one spot for 13 consecutive weeks. Written by Babyface and L.A. Reid and Daryl Simmons, performed by Boyz II Men, End of the Road from the Boomerang soundtrack. Oh, This is my number two, probably right behind the Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Many people sleep on the Boomerang soundtrack, which is a great soundtrack from top oh, to bottom. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so many hits. And Boomerang, a great movie. Still not, funny to Not this on day. Blu-ray, by the way. I checked it's not on Blu-ray yet? I'm like, wait, is Boomerang up? No, it's not. Why not? I don't know. Like, there's a lot of Eddie missing I've found lately. Um, Damn. Because that Golden Child just came out finally on Blu-ray. So And then Coming to America just come out on 4K, 4K. right? Yep. Coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop did 4K. There's a lot of Eddie. There's that one. Distinguished Gentleman's not on Blu-ray either. So. Damn. Damn. They need to step their game up on that one. <gasps> yeah, that song pretty much shot Boyz II Men up into the stratosphere. I mean, like a year. And now to casinos. And now to (laughs) and cruises. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you if you remember back, probably probably about what a year or so later, their second album came out. Oh, they were and had another hit song with "I'll Make Love to You." Yep. And that did equally as great. They were huge. Like no one was knocking them down. Nobody was knocking. It was like everything they touched was gold. And also, it did the same thing for Babyface and L.A. Reid with their Mm -hmm. LaFace records. And also, yeah, that's my number two. End of the road, boys and men. All right, Sabina. My number two is Hero by Mariah Carey. Oh, I forgot about that one. Wow. (laughs) I loved the song, and uh, it was done for the film Hero with, I think it was Dustin Hoffman and Gina Davis, 1993. And one of just the most iconic and underrated Mariah Carey songs. I know it's generally uh, not considered one of, like, her big vocal songs, but Mm -hmm. that it was a move on her part to participate more in soundtracks and um, just, you know, just an exercise for her to kind of like branch out and create music for movies. And I mean, who doesn't love a little Mariah Carey in their life (laughs) and in their soundtracks? (laughs) I I had a film professor show that in two separate film classes. And I think he only liked the movie because of one line because he mentioned it like 80 times during lectures where Andy Garcia says, uh, we're all heroes if you catch us in the right moment, and I'm, and, he, and he's like, that just strikes me. <laughs> and it, like, I, that's why I remember that movie because I had to watch it twice in two. Like, I watched it in like a genre class, and then I watched it in some like I think a script writing class, and I'm like, it's like, dude, loves his, loves his hero. All right, my turn. I'm gonna go. Well, this is one. So I didn't find out till like late in the game and didn't realize it. I have. Trisha Yearwood, How Do I Live from Con Air, not oh. on the soundtrack. It's on. It's in the movie. It's for the movie. There's a music video. Not there, but it's all for the movie. P. 
people saw Con Air and they said, I'm going to buy a Leanne Rimes album and instead of Trisha Yearwood. But I'm going with it there because I, I that goes with that movie. So, But I was well, stunned to find well, it. They didn't put it on the soundtrack at all. But they made a music video that's all Con Air clips with her they singing. They cheated. And it plays all throughout the movie. It says, and the music video thing has a lie. It says from music from the original motion picture, Con Air. It's a sweet little song. There's two versions of it. You can get a Trisha Yearwood. You can get a Leanne Rimes. But the Trisha Yearwood one goes with Con Air. But yeah, it's a neat little song. I just watched that movie recently. It still holds up to the day. I once went as Nicolas Cage from that movie for Halloween. And I, had <laughs> a bunny. I had a bunny. I had the 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 tank, and I had it dusted up with the mullet and and the band, the arm wrapped up, and I had the bunny. And a girl of my work was like, "Oh, you're you're Nicolas Cage from Halloween, aren't you?" I'm like, I was like, "Yes, I am." I was like, "I didn't know. I thought I might go the whole. I thought I might go a day without it, but she thought it was great. So that was that was nice. All right, back around to Michelle. All right. I'm going with number three, John Bon Jovi, Blaze of Glory from Young Guns 2. Ooh. Which Next. was written for the movie, right? Yeah, because Emilio wanted wanted Dead or Alive, and he goes, I'll write you a song for it. <laughs> yeah, which they're doing a Young Guns 3 now, apparently. Or they already shot yes. it. Wait, what? Or something. Yes, yeah. yes. I did not know this. Yeah, yes. Young Guns 3, like Emilio and some director, and they started posting about it. And like, I can't believe nobody knew about this. Yeah. So there's a poster, there's, yeah, I don't know if they're going to shoot or they shot it in secret, but there is a third Young Guns, and I, yeah. I'm not sure if it's going to be Young Guns or Old Guns or... How many guns are how left? Many, like, how many, yeah. I saw the second one. <laughs> yeah. Some guns. How many bullets I have? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, excellent. David. All right, my number three from the year 1994. I'm going... With Warren G and Nate Dogg, Regulate from the Above the Rim soundtrack, <laughs> mm-hmm. bringing in the old G Funk era. This, <laughs> you know, this is like the karaoke song for some. <laughs> but uh, I absolutely, man, I was, this was in the heyday of music videos where, you know, you had your MTV raps and where, well, mm-hmm. when MTV actually showed music videos, yes, kids, MTV did show music videos right. back in the day. Why? Dr. Dre and, and Ed uh, Lover. Dr. Dre and Ed Not Lover. The other Dr. Dre. Yeah, yeah, the other doctor, the other doctor, the, the, the fat Dr. Dre. Yeah. And Ed Lover. Regulate Warren G, who's actually the half-brother of the Compton Dr. Dre. And Nate Dog. They came out along with uh, the Dog Pound and the whole Death Row Records mm-hmm. group and Regulate just shot up you know you you once you once you hear the first few moments of that song you know what song it is and you just get into the groove oh yeah chords so, strings we brings exactly oh man man <laughs> yeah so rest in peace nate dog i have to say that but yeah uh warren g nate dog regulate All right. number three sabina okay so we get them correctly um because the two versions of this song are like there's two songs for this soundtrack by the same band and i'm giving it away because it's the smashing pumpkins the end is the beginning is the end oh which oh, yeah. had like a whole music video and everything directed by the directors of little miss sunshine <laughs> i just jonathan Dayton and um, i think it's valerie harris uh, <laughs> i love me smashing pumpkins and i was definitely a just like all batmans i grew yeah. up with stan so <laughs> I think that's definitely one of those like <laughs> cuts that deeply influenced my like rock and future emo self <laughs> to, on that trajectory for sure. A little future emo, thanks to some yeah. future emo. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was like the first song they did with Matt Walker from Filter on drums when they because that was during the period where Jimmy Chamberlain. Was gone and they replaced him with like because the first time I ever saw Smashing Pumpkins in concert was Matt Walker, not Jimmy Chamberlain, because I had tickets. Ah! And then the OD happened, and I had to wait like six months before they got it back around, and I had Matt Walker. So I've seen Smashing Pumpkins with the OG crew, well with Darcy, but Matt Walker on drums, and then I saw Jimmy Chamberlain on drums, but that that John Cusack lookalike guy they have on bass <laughs> now. I've never seen the whole G, the whole group together. Play, I actually but. was supposed to go to one of the last concerts 
at the now defunct Gibson Amphitheater at Universal okay. in oh, LA right. before it was torn down to make way for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And I had to get going to be one day. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it had tickets, but we ended up going on the wrong day because it was a two-night event, and we mm. did not look at the uh, the tickets correctly. But yeah, I know I look forward to seeing them someday live. I know that the band has uh, formed and reformed, and some people have left and then also come back. Yeah, awesome. James Eha coming back was huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw them on that uh, that tour where they just were like, "We're gonna play like everything, and then like one of our new songs." <laughs> So that was a cool show to go to. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend. They sound a, I mean, they've been touring now. Jimmy's, uh, Billy's been touring for so long now, but like they sounded like really good recently compared to when high school. And I was like, it was my first concert with Smashing Pumpkins with garbage opening. And I and think like, this this song is also the one that was on the Watchmen trailer. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 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 Uh, and, it had a resurgence. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. And that's the one they played when they, did it in concert this time. They didn't do the fast one. So, and all these people are like, oh, so, <laughs> that was on my mind too. I'm glad you picked that one. So, my next pick, I'll go with Warren G and Nate Dog, Regulate. Yes. From Above the Rim, because I, yes. I loved it. Yes. This thing was so smooth. Like, he wasn't, you know, he hung out with the scary guys that we were told as kids, like, oh, it's gangster rap. But he was nice, it seemed like, because, you know, they, he was nice. they, ta- they take in Warren's wealth. <laughs> just brings his Rolex. But um, the song was so smooth. Like, any time you hear it, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm in the mood now. Like, it puts you in a good mood. It's like one of the best songs of the 90s, period. Yeah. Now, get along with soundtracks. Makes um, you just want to sit back, drink a 40, and just have fun. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. You know? <laughs> right on. All right. So, Michelle, back to you. Number four. I've got Sealer's Wheel uh, Stuck in the Middle with You from one of my favorite movies, Reservoir Dogs. Mm. Yeah. I hear that. When I think of that movie, I hear that song and I see Mr. Blonde, James Madsen, doing his little dance. And yeah. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Very nice. All right. So, David. All right. I'm going to go with from the Terminator 2 Judgment Day soundtrack, Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine. Oh, okay. Yes. Also, it was on their Use Your Illusion 1. I don't know which. They had a double album, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. They released it like separate. They were like, all right, this one, and then like a couple months we're going to go. Or they, were they the same day and two albums? I can't remember. I think they were the same day. Okay. Two albums. If you know that movie, it was like the pretty much like the first song during that time when we first meet John Connor, and he runs off with his friend mm-hmm. on the motorbike. You hear that song pretty much throughout the first 15 minutes of the film. I think that was doing that, that age of where Guns N' Roses was doing their theatric theater type videos. It was very different looking from the uh, first album that they had. Yeah. Guns N' Roses. You could be mine from Terminator two. That's my next one. All right. Sabina. Higher ground by the red hot chili peppers as used in power Rangers. The movie. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> yes, I am a Power Rangers kid. And I, you know, will never forget seeing the Power Rangers jump out of an airplane and skydiving to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I this love this song. my favorite pick so far. <laughs> I did not see this coming. I think it's one of the earliest. Honestly, it's because it's one of the earliest recollections I have of a song in a movie as well. Gotcha. I when you said red hot, that you, I was like, I was like, well, there's love roller coaster from Beavis and Butthead, and then then you and and then you said higher ground. I'm like, she did not pick Power Rangers. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, yes, seared into my memory, being afraid for Tommy's life. You know when he's like flying in midair. <laughs> oh my god! So that's funny. I was at a convention one year, and Stephen Cardenas was there. He was a guest. And someone told him that I like write Blu-ray reviews and I wrote a review for the recent Power Rangers Blu-ray movie that came out and he asked to see me. <laughs> and I was like I was like, "Hey." He's like, "You the guy who did the Blu-ray review?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "What they put on there?" I was like, "What, what do you mean what they put on there?" He's like, "Like like do, was there like a document um, documentary or whatever?" So I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Was I was I in it?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you were." In it. Oh wow. Like, what I, he's like, "What I say?" <laughs> 
I was like, you just talked about. He's like, I don't really like that movie. They had me in a hospital bed the whole time. It wasn't fun. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, it looked nice. And yeah. You sounded fine on there. He's like, cool, cool. Sometimes they send me a copy, but so I was like, hey man, I just I just popped it in, dude. He's like, thanks for coming over and talking to me. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool, man. Uh, but that, that was really weird. So okay, oh, it's over to me. You know what? I'm gonna be the guy that says "Seal Kiss from a Rose" from the Batman Forever soundtrack. I'm gonna bust that when I get a bust. I was like waiting, I was waiting. We had one <laughs> Batman movie already, but Batman Forever is one of the soundtracks that really blew up. The like yeah. felt like because you know you two had a big one off there, and was Method Man off this one? He had a single like the Riddler. Yeah, that's what he had. Um, Wasn't um, Bone Thugs and Harmony on that one too? Been, they're on one of them, um, but yeah, this one you can't. I don't care who you are. You're not too tough for Kiss from a Rose. This song failed on his album, got put on this, repurposed for Batman Forever. And it was like the love song. Like I always, I still remember the video where like they have the slow-mo of Batman swinging across and stuff. Like, oh my gosh. I I remember what clips they used from the movie and the music video. I love it so much. And they put it at the tail ass end of the credits Mm -hmm. for that movie. But Schumacher loved the song and said, I'm going to make this something. Like, because it didn't work well the first time it hit radio. And he was like, no, we're, we're doing this. And man, him by the bat signal. Oh, it was so good. But yeah, I have Kiss from a Rose, Batman Forever, Seal. I, I don't know if I'm going to be the only person to say that. I don't. We'll see. Go to Michelle. All right. Uh, number five, Coolio Gangster's Paradise. Ooh. Yes. Been spending Ooh. most yes. of our life. Yep. <laughs> I absolutely love that song. When I think 90s, I think of that movie, that song, that everything. Michelle Pfeiffer sitting backwards in the chair, yep. spinning around. <laughs> she was so hot in, the, in, the, in that movie, oh, in that video, yeah. man. She was. She for was real. so hot. In every 90s movie. Oh, my God. Just, oh, my yeah. God. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Jesus I don't Christ. understand how Body she just disappeared for a while, and now we get her back. Like, who was not casting that woman? She's amazing. <laughs> right? Like, just... Batman Batman Returns is like one of my favorite performances ever. It's so mm-hmm. all in, so great. Oh man, everything she does. Like I don't know what she survived Greece too. Like, <laughs> right? It's just it's crazy. And even had a Weird Al parody. It was so good. Yes, yep. it did. <laughs> all right, David. My next song I want to just say off the top. I was way too long, young to listen to the song when it came out. From the New Jack City soundtrack from 1991, I got Color Me Bad, I Want to Sex You Up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was way too young at that time. But you know we were from the 90s because we know what Color Me Bad is. Yes. That's- yes. Yes. Yeah, we was like four guys that just didn't look like they needed to be together, but somehow they got together and was singing this song and about sex <laughs> and it was everywhere on MTV, <laughs> like all throughout the time of the day on MTV. Like I said, I, mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't be watching it. I, but I did. So 11 yeah. years old and learning about sex from a music video. Fine. Damn. But yeah, that's, that, that's it. I want to sex you up. Color me bad. All right. Sabina. Thanks. Just to get it out of the way, um, mine was also Kiss by Rose by Seal. <laughs> two people, two Batman songs. Bat Dance was just one year off. <laughs> I loved this song growing up. And why did it have to be like a medieval love song? Who knows? But somehow it fits Batman perfectly. Also, I spent most of my life thinking it was kissed by a rose on the grave, not the gray. <laughs> I don't know what the gray means. I Why thought it was grave that? too. Like, I thought it was grave too. I thought it was it's gray. It's not, y'all. It's, it's gray. gray. It's gray. gray. It's gray, David. So what the hell is gray? Kiss, uh, kiss on by a rose on by the gray. <laughs> Why? The exactly. On the gray. Yeah. <laughs> We had if, you know, ooh, you know the we had all those like different math yeah. things around our heads right now because we're trying to figure out why. I'm, I'm thinking is that a <laughs> metaphor for something? Probably. Well, didn't the didn't the rose on either on the cover or in the, in video, the video? It's in the, by the grave, the right? It is by a grave. It's by, yeah, it by, by a grave. Yeah. But, and I always put it together because even though the song wasn't written for it, Batman always put the rose by where his parents were killed or their grave. Right. Like, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's that mandala yeah. effect. 
you know, yeah. someone went back and, and like changed that. Oh man, you I became the light this. on the dark side of me. Yeah, we need to do some investigative uh, reporting on this. Right. What exactly? What the hell is gray? <laughs> I need to know if Seal ever accidentally sings it like grave. <laughs> or does gray. he tell his fans to stop it? It's <laughs> yeah, gray. It's like, gray. <laughs> that is strange. All right. We're oh me. We're, yes, you. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> I have Eric Clapton and Kenneth Babyface Edmonds chase oh. the world from Phenomenon. Oh. Now this, oh. you might be saying you picked that Clapton song over Tears in Heaven from Rush. <laughs> yes, because Tears in Heaven is about his son, young son, yeah, dying, and it has nothing to do with a couple narc agents getting drug, becoming druggies. So it kind of detached. And I always remember some of that from his Unplugged. But Change the World, I think, is a really good song. And Phenomenon, when I saw it, it, maybe I don't know the greatest movie, but my parents, we had to go see everything Travolta was in. Like, mine too! <laughs> they loved the guy. They, they loved that man! They loved him. They would, I mean, Wild Hogs, opening weekend. They would not go to movies on opening weekend, but if, I saw all the Look Who's Talkings in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> I was all about to say, did you see all of them? <laughs> all of them. You know, what, you know what I didn't see with them in the theater? Pulp Fiction. They wouldn't see the cool ones. Aww. Did get Broken Arrow, Face Off. They were liking that, but Pulp Fiction, no. Michael? So we saw Michael in the theater. What was the other? Oh, Phenomenon. That was around the same time. <laughs> so... I think I remember the moment with this. So they put the song in the movie. Have you guys all seen Phenomenon? So, okay, no, so, I haven't. All right. Well, sorry. I remember <laughs> being so so sad and like yeah. it was depressing. So, so <laughs> yeah, you know, he's this guy and he's got these powers, but finds out he's got like a brain tumor and that's what's causing, and he passes away. And they play it fade up into like their old hangout bar where he used to know everybody. And they're having like a wake or something for him and the picture of him on there and the way they play the music. And during that time that movie came out, I had like a lot of funerals I was going to with family related ones. Uh, It wasn't like an epidemic. There were some great grandparents. I I did have an uncle pass away, but like they just framed the moment perfectly. And it touched me emotionally when I saw it in the theater. Fucking phenomenon did that. And I just always remember that moment, that song, and I kind of cherish how it made me feel in that moment, and that's why it made my list over Tears in Heaven. So, sorry, I keep it with the regular Eric Clapton, not so much with Rush. Because every time I saw the Tears in Heaven video, I'm like, what is this video about? And then I was like, oh, it's a movie Call okay. Oh, and that's the guy from Lost Boys. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> that's what it is. So, I love that song. Changed, yeah. I changed the way I love that song. And they're just, they work together so well, those yeah. two. Yeah. All right, Michelle. All right. For number six, I actually have Seal. Cause, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Still figuring out what the hell Gray is. About that one. <laughs> it, it's the Seal round. All right, David. I don't have Seal, actually. Oh. No, no, Do you have no. a Batman song at all? I don't. Not, 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 not this round. And you love DC stuff. I do love DC, you but no, not this him. round. Not this round. Not this round. I'm going to take you back to the summer of 1997. All right. We're going. Uh, Will Smith, Men in Black. Oh. <laughs> I, I, that one was like one I was like, yeah, that would happen this decade, but I did not. Yeah. 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 The, it was kind of like the resurgence. Not Fresh Prince, Will, but Will Smith mm-hmm. without DJ Jazzy Jeff. It's kind of like the resurgence of his rap career for a second. They won't let you remember. No, they don't. And that was like the kickoff because that was his first album was coming out, and I think they put they put that on there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did, yeah. yeah. And, and and you got to know that Will Smith was huge in the nineties, oh. like men, like men. Oh my god, like everything he touched outside of Wild Wild West was. He's gonna do just, what? Where do I get I, tickets? <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's hey number six. Will Smith, Men in Black. All right, Sabina. I am actually going to piggyback off of that and talk about Wild Wild West. Oh, yes. Jim I, West, Desperado. Yes, just, oh my gosh. I would, yeah, I totally agree. Will Smith in the 90s, iconic for his mid-credit songs, for sure, because Wild Wild West is great. The movie maybe is a, an argument for another day. <laughs> I don't know. I was a kid and I really, I really liked 
all the merchandise and the toys. I had the glasses from Burger King that like came out when the movie came out back when like the burger places had the best tie-in merchandise. Also really great. I think it was Batman Forever glasses. Like, I don't know if y'all remember those. There are these uh, glasses and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, plug that in too. Uh, But yeah, no, um, (laughs) I, I love me a Will Smith movie credits soundtrack song they're always great i was so happy actually at the end of the recent aladdin he did like a pop version of friend like me right and it was essentially just like the return of that era of will smith so had to like put one of those in here as well he did like he popped back in for a minute with like i think dj khaled dj khaled he did the one called switch with uh back was it well that's long ago now with men in black three was it did he do switch was that switch or the second one no, it wasn't the second one. It had to be the third, oh, third one. one. Okay. Because I was like, oh, he's doing one again. Uh, well, Wild Wild West had Drew Hill in it well, also. Cisco. It? Cisco was yeah. huge right, right then. Yeah. 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 That was right before the Thong song came around out. There. It was yeah. right around there. Cisco was like on top of the world for like two years. Like, <laughs> My oh. man Cisco. All right. All right. We're on me. Okay. I'm going to go with Iris, Goo Goo Dolls, City of Angels soundtrack. Oh yeah, that almost made my list. Yeah, I don't know. I fell for this song hard. I wasn't even into the Goo Goo Dolls at the time, and I'm like, and it was like not cool to like them where I was at in my social circles. But I like liked the song, and then when Dizzy Up the Girl came out, I got it, and then it's like that's one of my favorite albums of the '90s. Happened to be, <sighs> but I don't know. I just like I I think I think Johnny Resnick he wrote this. I think he had a help writing this one from the person who did the I Don't Want to Miss a Thing Aerosmith song and like I think she has a hand in a lot of really popular music in the 90s too Was it Diane Warren? Yeah Yeah yeah. Diane Warren Yeah yeah. Because I remember watching a special where it was like she's the magic behind all this stuff and I was like oh and I remember Don't Want to Miss a Thing in Iris so I was like those two went together okay but really good lyrics kind of feels like the movie well wow I didn't mean to Quote the song on accident there. Yeah, it just it just I still listen to this song. It still kicks, so I guess I'm a softie for Iris. City of <laughs> Angels. It's also had an Alanis Morissette song that was supposed to be like the huge one from it. And I don't know if yeah. Iris was big. Dizzy Up the Girl was awesome. And here we go to Michelle. All right, I am going with for number seven, uh, Lisa Loeb, Stay from Reality Bites. I had no idea until I started doing the research on all of these songs when I was making my list that Ethan Hawke basically discovered her. And really? Yeah. She was his neighbor, apparently. And he loved the song, heard it, took it to Ben Stiller, and then the rest is history. And she did that with no label at yep. all when she did that song. She had not been signed. She didn't have album. Uh, right. We are to... Are we to David? Me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, we don't have to harp on this one too much because we've already done it. Seal, Kiss from a Rose. Oh, you liar. <laughs> it, <it's>, it, wasn't, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't up as high as you guys, but it, it's, it was, it's down a little bit, but it's still on the list. Okay. All right, Sabina. I have Kiss Me from She's All That, Sixpence and the Richer. (laughs) That one was, you know, like at the end of the 90s. And as a kid, as a nine-year-old, definitely thought that like, oh, this is what what it's going to be like to be in high school and a teenager and stuff. So I definitely have that (laughs) in the back of my head as um, very memorable and such a dreamy song. Like, I think just like even listening to it really just takes me back. They actually, like, five or six years ago, they played at my wife's nightclub. And I was like, wait, what? They're playing, like, because it's not a big yeah. capacity. <laughs> and I was like, wait, that sixpence on the Richards? You're like, what do you mean? I was like, they kiss me. Like, oh, they can't be. It was them. <laughs> it was them. Did they so, play the song? They played the song. Yeah. <laughs> they played the song. And, yeah, it was just, it was interesting. I was like, I was like, what? I was like, that? Oh man, <laughs> I felt to me it's like they're still big, right? So, uh, yeah. All right, we're on me now. I also have Lisa Loeb stay. I love the song. Lisa Loeb was like right up my alley. Like, ooh, who's this very attractive woman singing? When I was a kid, and I once stood in line like behind her waiting to be seated at a table when I lived in Los Angeles, and I was like, oh my gosh, 
I had a crush on you. <laughs> uh, didn't tell her that. Didn't tell her that. But yeah, no, that song's just, it's a banger. Like I can listen to it up and down all around. If I make like a mix, it'll get, it'll get included in there. She's got a lot of really good other songs too, but I think they got mm-hmm. stuck on this one for so much. But um, she's a real treat as a musician and a person too. But yeah, and she was in House on Haunted Hill remake in the 90s at the very beginning. So she had a little bit of film success there too. <laughs> all right, Michelle. Number eight, I have Alanis Morissette, Uninvited. All right. From City of Angels. Very very nice. I I preferred that one over Iris when it came to soundtracks for that. That's one that I had and I listened to over and over and over again. But when I think of the movie, I think of that song. When I hear that song, I think of the movie. Boy song versus girl song. <laughs> David. I'm going to go back to 1992. I love uh, that David gives the date. I'm going to take, yeah. take, take you guys back. I'm going to take take you guys back. Walk with me this. to the yeah, walk with me to the year of our Lord, 1992. Back to the Boomerang soundtrack. I'm go pick up a Slurpee. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking home from school. I'm going to go with Babyface and then newcomer Tony Braxton with Give You My Heart. Oh, okay. And this was the introduction to Tony Braxton, who went on to have a tremendous amount of success in the music industry. So we cannot forget that. And that's one of the reasons why I put that song on my list because of her. And because also I absolutely love this song. I still play it in my car all the time. You can even ask my daughter, you know, she will tell you she get mad, but she will definitely let you know that I still listen to this song and sing it, even though I can't sing, but no, I can't, can't I sing it. Say, I'm loving the direction, this unexpected direction. Many of these picks are taken. This is really awesome. Not crossing over a whole lot. As I thought, but this is great. So Sabina, your next pick. I will add into the mix an, a cover of a song by the Beatles, Across the Universe, done by Fiona Apple for Pleasantville. Oh, I forgot about Ooh. that one. It is a gorgeous cover. I think one of my favorite uh, covers of a classic song. And it's Fiona Apple. It's very haunting. I actually recently rewatched the video um, just for some research purposes for a music video I'm going to be working on. But that is one that's just like a go-to on like my Spotify and I revisit it all the time. And it's funny because like Pleasantville specifically kind of, I think is a little bit back in the conversation with WandaVision Mm -hmm. with like the scenes in the black and white episodes where the color splash is in it. Just definitely reminiscent of that movie. Excellent. That's a good pick. I had a little crush on Fiona Apple back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember that criminal video that she had. My -hmm. God. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. All right. (laughs) I'm going to go with, I'm going to be 500 miles by the proclaimers from Benny and June. I don't care how nerdy it is. I love the song. Very nerdy. Very nerdy. Um, <laughs> very crazy. A movie I'm kind of uh, on. Good Johnny Johnny Depp performance. Here's a here's a question. Since you said you're very uh, on the movie, can a can a, like a song make a movie? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean it, it, this is where like I I don't know. I I I think more people would know this song than the movie. Maybe remembering. This might be where it jumps over it, and it looks like, I mean, the video always had the clips in it, but the way they shot it, I'm like, were they doing something else? And then they're like, you know what, can we add our clips in, and yeah. you can get some press on this thing? Because the this trailer for the movie used In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel for Benny and June, but the big soundtrack song was I'm Gonna Be, and then that song has had a life of its own. I mean, that song gets parodied, it gets used. I think, was it, was it How I Met Your Mother used it? Where they had the tape deck and it was stuck on the song. I think so. And they kept coming back around. Uh, but yeah, so that one, I don't know. I always, I always liked it. Fun to sing along to, karaoke, whatnot. But that's where I have at this point in this list. So Michelle. All right, number nine, I have Aerosmith. I uh, don't want to miss a thing. All right. <clears throat> Animal Crackers version or the regular one? <laughs> the regular one. <laughs> I don't know. I I love that video. It, I feel like you don't even need to watch the movie. You just watch the video. That's and- when Joe Perry had that ugly little like thing. Like it was like yeah, 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 yeah funny look. Yeah. He's like reverse Hitler, guys. Look what I got going on. It's like no, no, dude, no. no. 
What do you think of Armageddon? Are you a fan? Uh, I can't watch it without crying. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I sure. cry. I cry too, man. It's just, you know, <laughs> I do. At the end, you know, oh yes. my god! It's oh. So you were team, <laughs> team Armageddon or Team Deep Impact? Oh, oh, see, I really like Deep Impact too. But I have, I have to pick one. I have to go with Armageddon. That summer, I took a girl on our first date to Deep Impact, and there was a trailer for Armageddon. She's like, "Oh, we should see that." <laughs> then we didn't go on like any other date, and Armageddon was like the polar opposite end of the summer. And she called me up. She goes, we got to go see Armageddon. <laughs> I was like, it was our second date. It was our second date and our last date. We saw two different iterations of a meteor hitting or trying to hit Earth. And that's awesome. That's what happened. So, that's yeah. awesome. Like, Armageddon was more of an action film than Deep Impact right. was. Yeah. Right. And it had a happier yeah. ending, movie. I think right? Uh, yeah, I mean, don't want to miss a thing played while you saw all the dead people's picture. It was it was <laughs> phenomenon, but with a Michael Bay budget and everything. Yeah. Kind of ending. From, from what I remember, both wasn't Deep Impact like did that one have like the the sad ending because it actually did happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, like half the meteor hit oh, yeah. Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much of the meteor hit? Well, <laughs> no, they stopped it. They blew yeah, they, it up. They blew it up, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a happier ending. Or it was a comet. This is why it's at a Disney comet. theme park. Yeah. In yeah, it was a comet. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what happened. <laughs> I think it was the highest grossing film of that year. So was big. Armageddon? Armageddon? I think so. Yeah. 1998. 98? Yeah. I think when I was doing this, I was like, whoa, okay. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was. We're in David. All right, 1993, I'm going to go with, from the Poetic Justice soundtrack, Janet Jackson, and again. Of course, Poetic Justice, everybody knows, was uh, Janet's first feature film role, film directed by the late, great John Singleton. It was actually his second film, and starring, also starring the late, great Tupac Shakur. And if you, if you look at that film, that was the early days of Regina, Regina Hall. Mm-hmm. Now, Emmy... Oscar winner, director, she's done it all. Is it Regina Hall or it's King? Regina King, there thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Regina <laughs> King. Yeah, yeah, she's done it all. And that was one of her earliest, earliest roles in film. Of course, she comes from like 227 and everything, but that's where I remember her from. But again, I think again was actually nominated for an Oscar in 94. Mm. We've had two appearances by Tupac here because we had the Above the Rim soundtrack talked about earlier yes it's pretty interesting forget what an impact he was and he was going play like he was he was going places man he was, he was going he places was talented i mean he was i mean he was pretty good in the movies he was in yeah all right sabina uh, my next selection is a movie i've never seen full disclosure but one of my favorite songs ever it is new by no doubt all i've seen oh, of yeah. the movie Wait. is whatever's in the music video you've never seen go i've never seen go oh, it's, it's whatever's it's in the good. music video it's pretty good it's awesome <laughs> it just it's has awesome. never happened i haven't like been like deterred or anything by it just have never seen it but i love no doubt my favorite era of no doubt is return of saturn and this is just one that i just like always like get into and I re- and it makes me like pretty much just listen through all of Return of Saturn whenever I listen to this song. Gotcha. I recommend Go. It's pretty. It's got Young <laughs> Oliphant. Sarah Polly's really great. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a fun movie. I'm gonna go with a soundtrack we have not mentioned yet, but it was huge. Uh, I got Stone Temple Pilots "Big Empty" from The Crow. Which, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. When the first Stone Temple Pilots first came out, I was like, yeah, this song. I then was interested in Stone Temple Pilots. I don't know what it was, and this Crow soundtrack was pretty big Amazing. on the alternative era. Yeah, it was really great, and this song kicked off. It was on Purple, but it was used to push the Crow. They didn't make a music video for it. Scott Weiland was probably in some sort of rehab, and they couldn't shoot or something. <laughs> Purple came out the month after the Crow side. It was like a really close, but I remember when I first listened on the radio, it was pushed as from the soundtrack of the Crow, their new song. They wanted to do a older song for it, like from one of their demos, but it was called Only Dying, and Brandon Lee had already been killed on set. They removed that. They used Big Empty, and Big Empty was the song to push, but that soundtrack was awesome. I and almost I, included one, but I wasn't sure if it counted. I, I, I want to say the Pro 2 soundtrack is kind of underappreciated. It's not too bad. 
it's not too bad. I like the whole cover, and there's some other really good ones on there too, but it wasn't too bad. But Big Empty, Stone Temple Pilots, really changed my idea of them, and really, I got into them a lot. I had a STP sticker on my car in high school, <clears throat> and I had a, a shirt, because I liked how they did their logo, like the STP logo and stuff, so that was mine. So, Michelle. <laughs> All right. This one is kind of like a guilty pleasure for me, and... I've actually only ever watched the movie, maybe like 20 minutes of it, probably the first 20 minutes, because I really hate the movie. Oh. But I absolutely freaking love this video and song, and it is Puff Daddy, uh, Come With Me with Jimmy Page. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I love that song. The power behind it, like, it makes me want to, like, I liked it better when it was called Cashmere. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you like it with the Godzilla sounds or without? Because I think there was an option on the disc, wasn't there? Oh, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. Um, I would have to say probably without. Okay. But yeah, I right. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I hated that movie too. Yeah, it sucked. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Who liked it? I did. You guys. Does anyone like the movie? Like, at all? Uh, I mean, like, for I think it's, you know, for all the recent Godzilla movies, we just remember the smashy, smashy. And <laughs> that's about it. It, it. it sort of reminded me of Jurassic World, Lost World. That's what we were trying for. I remember uh, the year before they oh, had that trailer where, right. where the kids were going through the museum and the Godzilla foot smashed the dinosaur bones. And like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember the marketing of that film was huge. Like you see everywhere, it's like everything is big or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some, some kind of marketing. It, it was it was everywhere. You couldn't look. I mean, I remember the Super Bowl commercial yeah. that yeah. year. Yep, which was big. I remember that um, a ghost haunted my brother's Godzilla toy. Really? <laughs> yeah, we had a Godzilla uh, from like that movie. And like it was a big giant one, and you had to like push buttons uh, for it to swing its tail and make a noise. But just randomly at night, it would just start like growling and do the swish sound, and it mm-hmm. was spooky. So we were, were pretty much convinced that that's all I remember is haunted <laughs> toys, Godzilla. Oh, wow, wow, serious poltergeist stuff going on in that house. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. David, your last pick. Oh, this was very, very hard for my last pick. I was I had several songs to really decide. And I'm going to go with a song that the, I guess it was kind of re-released in 1992 for this movie. Uh, originally, it was released in 1975 by a very popular British band. From the Wayne's World soundtrack, ah. I'm going with Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Rhapsody I'm glad the they got mentioned. Yes. Yeah, I will never forget this video. It, it kind of introduced me to Queen. and But but that video was everywhere on MTV, every hour, constant rotation. I didn't realize they did do music video. Otherwise, and that would have been on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yeah, it just a scene from the movie or was it like a music? It, it was like a majority of them in the, well, it was like different scenes, but I remember okay. them in the car, the car scene when they was listening mm-hmm. to it. Oh, okay. Cause I, I, I could just remember the original music video. And I think I was they like, intercut the original okay. with the Wayne's yeah. stuff. Yeah. So that's my number 10. All right. And Sabina, your last pick. When I Grow Up by Garbage, which was done for the Big Daddy soundtrack. Oh, there you yes, go. I think, Brandon, did you start with the Adam Sandler? I, I yes, it did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we are ending on Adam Sandler. Come full circle, guys. <laughs> full circle, y'all. Uh, I love, you know, obviously, Liking No Doubt, Smashing Pumpkins, Garbage, Made Its Way In There. It's a great song and lots of fun. Garbage had a lot of soundtracks in the 90s. They they had number one Crush on mm-hmm. Romeo plus Juliet. And they had uh, they did a Bond song, World Is Not Enough, in 1999 as well. Oh. So no Bond songs made mine as much as I like James Bond. Um, <laughs> I, I was like, Goldeneye's probably the best one, but I'm not like jamming a Goldeneye. I'd rather jam to Sheryl Crow, Tomorrow Never Dies than <laughs> Goldeneye, but Goldeneye's the better song. But And then the garbage song's just solid. It's more of a, I don't know, all good. My final pick, and I'm shocked that it 
well, for me, I guess shocked they didn't come up already. I'm like, wow, I got to do this one last. The Jim Blossoms till I hear it from you from Empire Records. Really chill, laid back jam. I like that song a lot. It seemed like they played it a lot back then. Uh, yeah, Jim Blossoms is like a really chill band people forgot about. <laughs> I think they I think they do like state fairs now. But yeah, Till I Hear It From You is like probably my favorite Jim Blossom song. And I still like this one a lot. Uh, Empire Records, you know, we all like Rex Manning Day, I guess. It's uh, definitely a, a good product of that era movie to to have around. But yeah, Till I Hear It From You. So now I'm going to like, I got to tally these scores up. Sabina, you had the least crossover. With two. So congrats on being original. Yeah. <laughs> congrats on being original. Okay. And when Bohemian Rhapsody was almost it, and then they was like, was there a music video? But there was a music video back in the day, so I didn't know. <laughs> well, you know what? So it that, saved that, me. Well, it saved you. You had, you had the most original list, um, but the person with the most crossover goes on the next round. So um, you would have given David the win had you done that, but we have a tie. So... <laughs> I, I have okay. a list of songs that didn't make my list. I'm going to have, give you like a guess, and the first one to get wrong will not win, I guess, or something. Oh, so geez, man. just name a song that I didn't use on my list that hasn't been mentioned yet today, and you will win the point or win a point. So we'll start with Michelle. How deep is your love, Drew Hill? I actually have that one on there. So go ahead, David. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it would have been on if Michelle wouldn't have texted me about it the other the other day. Oh, I almost, I almost put that one on mine too. So. Oh God, it looks like I lost this one. I can't remember what you said in the beginning about. I believe if I can fly with R. Kelly, but I'm gonna that say is that. on. That's on there. Okay. All right. There we go. So Michelle, back to you. Mm. Pretty Woman by Roy Oberson. Nope. For the win? Streets of Philadelphia, Bruce Springsteen. Back to Michelle. Damn. <laughs> Shit. Can I get a by Jay-Z and no. a Mel? Nope. Back to David. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> um, Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, Celine Dion, Peebo Bryson. I had to be our guest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't tell you how my brain works. <laughs> All right, we'll try this awesome. one more time, Michelle. Oh, God, okay. Well, I had garbage from The World Is Not Enough on mine or as one of my possibilities, so I maybe. All, I had all the Bond songs on mine, so. You did, okay. David, don't name a Bond song. I just <laughs> Okay, I, I guess I'm uh, just going to whim and stick with Disney with Circle of Life. No, and I can't believe I didn't Ooh, think of that wow. one. Yeah. I had You Got a Friend in Me on... Uh, <laughs> From Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah. But yeah. So okay, Michelle, you have won. Woohoo. You will continue on to Friday. <laughs> so excellent. Excellent. All right. What a what a game. So that will do it for this episode. This is a lot of fun, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for crafting lists and doing homework, I guess. I know it's not the funnest, but I have fun sharing them and doing it. Uh, very appreciated. So let's go around to everybody where they can find you all over the place and what you're working on and stuff like that. So Sabina, where are you at? I'm on Twitter at Sabina has no R on Instagram at that lady Graves. Both places are uh, my outlets of like sharing what I'm up to. It's always usually horror Disney or filmmaker related, also food and my cute dog. His name is Gus Gus and he's adorable. And uh, recently started a project podcast this year. It's a limited series for the Halloween franchise leading up to Halloween Kills. We're dropping a podcast every month. I think we're, we have the right number to get us to Halloween Kills. And uh, we just dropped our second episode on Halloween 2 with uh, Vanessa Guerrero as our guest. And um, come listen to us on anywhere you listen to podcasts it's called halloween never dies on spotify apple hosted by myself and pacing pete excellent i listen only listen to the first episode but it's pretty awesome so definitely <laughs> recommend on there david well right now you can just look me up on facebook uh david banks um i'm not really podcasting too much anymore but i got some irons on the fire so maybe sometime this year i will get back into it but yeah just look me up on facebook david banks and i post a lot on there so all right. That's where you can see me. And Michelle. 
I'm not really doing a whole lot right now, really. I mean, you can check out my Facebook, Michelle Suter Shoemaker, working on some popcorn stuff, trying to build up, which you can find the popcorn videos on YouTube, popcorn.us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any of the posting. The Hubs does that, so. There you go. <laughs> All right. Now I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Written work on whysoblue.com. There's more for the Brandon Peters Show this week, including a brand new series of old space show. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. I think we're all heroes if he catches at the right moment. <laughs>